Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What I do, I'm Bruno, and this is my childhood friend and co-host, Nick, to myself shaving. How you doing, buddy? He told me that joke was coming beforehand. <laughs> I'm like, Nick, what? It's very, very well played. Well played. Yes. yes hi. <laughs> hi, everybody. I'm Nick, and I'm, I am excited to be here, man. This is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, man. We have been talking about this for a while now, and it's good to finally kick things off. And, you know, I mean, let's get, let's go ahead and just jump into it because we, we know why people are here. You're here for the the stories. These are the hard-hitting stories that everybody's going to be looking up. These are the stories that you just can't escape your day without seeing. And obviously, the big news today is IKEA has cardboard replicas of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. Yeah, they do. I mean, uh, th- yeah. this is amazing. I, 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 When I first saw this, I'm like, this is so dumb. And then 10 seconds later, I'm already changing my own mind of like, this is genius. I, you know, everyone's talking about next gen consoles and especially, especially the PS5, the size of this thing. Oh, my gosh. Is, it's a it's a mammoth. And so like, it, like if I'm out shopping for furniture, I legitimately need to know like, OK, is this Hergenspergen, you know, table <laughs> that I'm buying? I'm sure there's a Hergenspergen somewhere. Yeah, the square. Um, of course, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Um, there, there's got to be, you know, I need to know if this thing is going to fit in like a, t- a media a TV tree or or anything like that. But uh, it, it's amazing to me the size of these consoles, but especially the PS5. What do you think? I mean, it's incredibly well designed in terms of like the style of it. I will say that it does look, you know, it, it's very reminiscent of, you know, like a router or something, but the design is is very eye catching, but it is huge. It's it's a lot bigger than the Xbox Series X, and most people shove a console right underneath their their entertainment system, and it's hardly ever seen. It's very rarely put on display in a way that does it justice. So you know, I think it's I think it's it's very smart of IKEA to go ahead and and have a replica of the PS5 to say you know. This is how big this thing is. And you might need to reconsider, you know, the Sklurg, you know, and go for the the Kyrg, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, if you're trying to fit this mammoth of a console into your entertainment system. Yeah, so I was just pulling up a picture of it because I had to remind myself. Um, it almost looks like something out of like Cards Against Humanity, the way that they have it um, built out. But it says on the side, like, which IKEA media storage unit will be able to fit my new memishly oversized gaming console? <laughs> like, that's that. I love it. I'm it all looks, about it. Honestly, it yeah. looks like the it, the PlayStation Five looks like the box that the Xbox comes in. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you know, you can fit that in there along with a controller and a headset yeah. and you know, an extra batteries and all that good stuff. So. I mean, it is very, very, you know, and, and and at what point do you do you say e, that's big enough, or <laughs> you know, like at what point do you do you do you say okay, maybe it's too big? Like now we're we're entering you know desktop PC range here. 
Yeah, a lot of people that I've seen that that, act, that are lucky enough to even own a PS5 um, that have shown their like setups, oftentimes it'll be like on the side of the TV or I, I have heard there's been some problems with overheating when it's in a self-contained kind of unit, though that's that's probably true of just about any uh, any console that you could come up with. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. That the, the I, fan mean, I think PlayStation and Xbox, both after, you know, I would say six months of having them both sound like a jet engine getting ready to take off, like, you know, of an aircraft carrier, just, mm-hmm. you know, full on, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, start up some games and like that thing starts going and you're like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a load screen here. There's going to be a, yeah. Speaking of which I, you know, I think that's the, that's the real winner of, of the, the console uh, next gen series right here is the load times. The fact that we don't, you know, load times are cut down from like, what was it? Five minutes to a minute to, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. Mm -hmm. That's huge. I mean, that really is, um, you know, a testament to the speed of these, you know, these next gen consoles and uh, waiting around for five minutes while your game loads is, you know, or in between a cutscene or some major event like that is it takes you out of the, the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot less snacking will be had with the Xbox. Just have to straight up pause the game to go get your snacks. Exactly. Which, yeah. you know, we're used to that anyway with DVR and whatnot. Just go ahead and skip through, skip through. That's so. right. Yeah, I got to recharge <laughs> for, 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 for anybody that's uh, that is not anywhere near our age. Yeah, that's Dance Dance Revolution. You got to oh uh, give me give me give me a break. I got to go. I got to go to some Gatorade from the uh, the food court. Man, um, I, I love that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole different topic of conversation. Don't don't get me started. <laughs> uh, don't get us started. Uh, but yeah, you know, solid state tech um, is is where it's at, really. You know, PCs have had it for a long time, and this is kind of the first console generation where we're getting it uh, as as a baseline. I remember uh, I bought a uh, a small like external solid state drive uh, recently, um, just to kind of back some stuff up. And I'm like, you know, I, I've heard that this works with the Xbox One. Let me give it a try. And so I, I took a couple games that I had heard um, will work a lot better if you actually use that as an external storage device oh, yeah. and just move the games over there. And I'm telling you, man, games like uh, Sea of Thieves, which is uh, it's got a pretty big load time on Xbox One. I mean, it, it had to have cut the load times at least in half. Uh, it was noticeable enough that I did continue to use it for quite some time. Um, so just having that as a baseline for, I think, the next gen of consoles and just kind of uh, technology in general. Uh, is is the way to go. Yeah, I think that will be, you know, I think that's going to be a standard. Um, the thing that, you know, worries me is the just the the cost behind solid state drives to have, you know, some type of external solid state drive. Um, you know, hard disk drives right now are so, so inexpensive. So to throw those extra pieces of storage um, you know, in your setup is, you know, very cost efficient, but, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see, you know, some type of third party access to these, uh, external storage units for the PS5 and the Xbox series X, because aren't they, they, there's a proprietary one right now, right. From, from Xbox, but it's rather expensive, like 200 some dollars. The solid state um, drive? Yeah, isn't there a solid state drive from Xbox? 
Not that I've heard of, but I mean, I'm not. I don't know too much about the the hardware. Uh, that, that's, I think they I think on, they, so, yeah. they had mentioned that they were going to tr- to to try and release a a solid or a an external drive for it, but it was something that you had to get from Xbox, and so that was very unlike them. That's not a very Xbox thing to do. So it'll be interesting to see how you know storage plays a factor into the future of next-gen gaming because we're already hitting like 100 gig games like easy you know oh, this gen console is 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 100 gig games so yeah i mean that's going to be a standard moving forward mm-hmm. um you know i mean uh there was like a 40 gig day one update for cyberpunk so Oh yeah, updates like yeah, whatever is on your if you're buying still you know physical media to actually play your games, whatever's on the CD is irrelevant these days. It's it's what are they giving you that when you actually have to play the game for the first time and and download the patch? But yeah, it's uh, storage space is uh, is a big deal. We we kind of went on a tangent here, and I'm I'm still staring at this IKEA photo, (laughs) and I, I I think I've just had a revelation that I have to share. The PS5 looks like do you remember those 90s disney vhs's that came in that like almost plasticky oh case? My. Yes, yeah I do. that was i mean it was nothing like most most of the vhs's um you know for anyone that's even slightly younger than us once again uh it came in like those paper sleeve like cardboard yeah, it was sleeve, like a right? cardboard sleeve yeah. yeah but those disney like vault collection oh, and i yeah. don't remember the exact term uh it came in something that looked exactly like a playstation 5 so I should be able to pop this thing open and there's like uh, Aladdin waiting for me. Exactly. And it should yeah. be a cool color too. They, that was the other cool thing is that mm-hmm. in the nineties after like VHS, like really took off and they're like, yeah, this is the future. Um, they just, <laughs> they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to invest yeah. in, in a, a colored VHS for kids because everyone sees the VHS, obviously, you know, inside the, inside the actual tape deck and you know that's that was a joke because you, you can't see it once it's in there so the reason you know the fact that they actually like decided to you know yeah let's invest in uh colored plastics and yeah. just go to town here i mean uh, if there's one thing that was happening in uh in boardrooms across america in the 90s especially around the vhs time was like yeah like put make, make it fun colors i don't care just make it a fun color yeah, uh, ketchup. The, the kids, the kids aren't eating the ketchup. What do we do, Bob? Uh, we 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 make it purple ketchup. Yep. Uh, okay, brilliant. brilliant. Sell it. Yep. I yeah. Mean, get this get this guy a promotion because I, you know that that's that's why you know that's why we hired that's why we hired him. You know, and green ketchup too. You know, I mean, get let's, just do, all the, let's do all the funky colors. <laughs> Stop the madness. <laughs> um, you know, those things are actually worth. Um, those things are actually worth a lot of money. The VHS Disney tapes. There was uh, a thing that went around about that. And it was, I remember it went when it was like peak viral. This was probably like, what, like a year ago. Everyone was talking about this, maybe longer. Probably before that, Disney plus came along. Yeah. That it, it wound up almost like being a hoax where everyone was saying, I even, I remember hearing it and being like, Oh, I, I know my, my mom has some Disney VHSs lying around somewhere. And sure enough, when that, when I was over at her house, yeah, there they were. And I'm looking it up and everyone's like, no, it's not actually worth what people think they are. I- I'm sure there's like specific like editions and versions of them that are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
And I think that's, I think that was the, I think everyone thought, you know, it was just every Disney VHS tape when in reality it was, you know, there's Disney's been very selective over the years of uh, bringing out, you know, a certain uh, Blu-ray or, uh, you know, addition of a movie on Blu-ray. So the fact that, you know, some of these movies only existed, you know, in a VHS form in terms of like home video, uh, is probably what spiked their popularity and their uh, the demand for them. But now with Disney Plus, I mean, you know, there's mm-hmm. no need. <laughs> you just yeah, pay for that. pretty much. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember. I remember when people were talking about the Disney Vault back in the day of and the commercials would be like, "Oh, we've brought back Toy Story. You better get it quick before it goes back in the Disney yeah, Vault." The Vault, yeah. It's like, I, uh, I don't think Pixar wasn't a part of Disney back then, right? The buyout didn't happen until later. Um, I think they've always been, well, that's not true. They haven't always been a part of them, but feels like they have. Yeah. I think they were, they were a part of them with, I mean, obviously with toy story, that was their first, their Mm -hmm. first feature film. Um, they did like a, a tin or excuse me, a toy soldier. Um, before that it was like a short film, but they were working on toy stories, uh, since 1987. That was the year I was born. Not to show my age, but 1987, they didn't release the film until like, what, 94, 93? I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the the quality of that film. Wow, we've gone from uh, Ikea to like catch up to now now, uh, Disney VHSs. This This is is what you're going to get on this podcast. This is is why you come. It's the train of thought that leads. This is what we do. Like, it's the train of thought that leads us down down the rabbit hole of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of just weird topics come on bro there you go. <laughs> yeah we, we do have announcer uh sound effects so that that will be happening um yeah all right cool well i've got a story What's I, up? I, I did a little a little thing on the internet so you may have heard this of uh, this uh, pc game rust a lot of people mm-hmm. are playing it i, I personally right. have not played it I, i'm pretty familiar overall with the premise of it i've seen some other kind of YouTube videos and, and streams of people playing it. But um, I think both of us really haven't uh, had much of exposure to it. But I think it's still a story that's worth talking about because the game has reached new heights on both Steam and Twitch. And this is from uh, NME.com. Not like enemy, like the opposite of my friend, the letters NME. Mm. Uh, we, we see what they did there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it, it, whatever it stands for is does, doesn't matter. They were just they were just going for the enemy part. So the game has consistently had around 50 to like 75,000 concurrent users uh, over the seven year lifespan of the game. And it's really rare for a a game that's been out this long, especially a game that was kind of in that early access hell that a lot of games kind of find themselves in. So now a a bunch of big name streamers, Shroud, uh, Pokimane, Disguised Toast, Soda Poppin, uh, Myth, and some more have been playing on their own server, right? And well, yeah, when, yeah, all, all the hits when all <laughs> these, <laughs> all your favorites are here. When a lot of these big names get together and do this kind of thing, whether it be through Twitch or YouTube or whatever, it really does cause a lot of exposure for the game itself. I, the same thing kind of happened with Among Us, right? A game that was largely uh, a, a game that was obscured up to most and got its uh, rise out of nowhere when. Uh, you know, big name Twitch streamers started to catch on to it and and content makers in general, yeah. right? Totally. Yeah, they just reached 1 million uh, concurrent viewers for Rust 
Uh, not we well, yeah, total viewers for the day, not concurrent, but still in one day. Uh, this happened just last Sunday. So really cool. And I know that you and I have talked before about the power of social influence in games yeah. and how it's it's a whole new world that we just didn't have, you know, if, even five years or more ago, where a couple people can get together and be like, hey, we're going to play this game. And who knows what's going on behind the scenes if there's some kind of branding deal. I know certain platforms like YouTube make you disclose that now, but I don't know about the Twitch side. But we were talking about Sea of Thieves specifically uh, a couple of years back where the same yeah. thing happened. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this idea of, um, you know, just having a core group of people that promote your game, um, you know, it, in the in the sphere of influencers can really change the tide of how people view your game. I mean, I think that was a big step for Apex Legends. You know, when Apex Legends came out, uh, they Respawn Entertainment decided to go ahead and you know uh, sign some deals with Ninja and uh, Tim the Tapman and just all these streamers to to promote their game via influencer marketing and that's a huge step in terms of the way we perceive games because it's you know it's first of all it's a bold strategy from developers to basically go ahead and say we think our game's strong enough that you know it's not going to get um you know completely destroyed you know by chat uh you know for promoting it on um live stream but at the same time to just have this a different approach to to putting something out there and saying, you know, the best form of marketing is still word of mouth. Yep. So to have, you know, uh, an influencer say, yeah, I'm playing this game or whatnot. It just really elevates a game, you know, from obscurity to popularity, you know, overnight. And, you know, I've seen I've seen a few uh, Rust uh, streams here and there. There was uh, there's a, a Australian streamer by the name of Creator. Um, that's C-R-A-Y-A-T-O-R. And he played rust for a long time and i mean there i think it's been bigger in other countries you know i see a lot mm. of uh a lot of uh uk uh streamers and whatnot playing rust because of the just some of the game mechanics uh that are present in it that you can do i people have set up shops like you know these like booby trap shops that you nice. come in and yeah. you know look for look for what we have here and then they <laughs> you know right. release this trap door and then you know you're dead and so i think the the you know and this is going back to the to the influencer you know aspect that these games are some of these games that are reaching these levels of popularity are because of the content that can be created around them. Mm -hmm. You know, it may not necessarily be because the game is, you know, um, the best graphics in the world. And I think we're seeing that. I mean, look at among us, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, very, very basic 2d cartoons, you know, that are running around. I'm not knocking the art style in, at any, in any way. I love it, but right. 
you know, that's not the focus. The focus is on the gameplay and, you know, the experiences that you have. And I think that's what truly, you know, uh, is always going to be the best part of gaming is just that the experiences that you have. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I've always talked about in terms of, you know, um, you know, when, when people say, you know, oh, PlayStation 5 is better or, oh, Xbox is, you know, better, you know, at the end of the day, you're probably just going to be playing Fortnite, you know, or, exactly. or, yeah. you know, or something that you can play on every console because mm-hmm. you only play those single player campaign experiences, you know, a few times, you know, maybe, you know, you know, maybe once all the way through, you know, some people don't even finish them. I'm guilty of that, you know, just with time constraints and whatnot, you know, you're just like, Oh, I just didn't really get around to finishing this game. Right. Um, You know, some people play, play through them maybe twice or, or, you know, three times, but even so that doesn't compare to the amount of hours that people sink into these multiplayer experiences that provide such rich content experiences. Yeah, I mean, the same thing goes for streamers, right? Like, if you're streaming a game and you're you're streaming a single-player experience, it's just going to be, yeah, your your gameplay from start to finish, and you're rarely going to say, hey, let's go through it and do it again. Or, yeah. you know, you might have someone that's, like, a completionist and that's their thing, uh, or a speedrunner, of course. That community mm-hmm. is definitely going to gravitate towards the the single-player experiences. But, yeah, that, that's, that's the beauty of these types of games is that because the players make the story... Yeah that there's so much more opportunity uh, for social influencers to latch onto it, whether the developers intended for it to or not. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, uh, the Jackbox. The original, mm, and, and most people don't, don't remember this, the original Jackbox Party Pack was never meant to be a streamed game. It was never meant to be. The, the first game, and I think they may have patched it later, their idea of it was just people in the same room playing it as a party game just yeah. like all the other you know jack uh like Jackbox productions game. game like you don't know jack right and all that yeah. it's always been about a, a party game and the twitch community the streamers said wait a second we can do something here hmm. and once and thank goodness they figured this out that hey let's completely stop what we're doing pivot towards this and develop for this crowd because they've basically created a business angle that we hadn't and I think they admitted this outright. They hadn't thought of it. So all of the Jackbox games that came later, I think maybe the second one did, uh, but definitely the third one on where you had the streamer settings where yeah, it would yeah. add a longer timer so that the that you'd be able to interact with streamers and not have to worry about there not being enough time and a, a desync between your phone. Yeah, the delay was horrible in the early days of yeah. and, and, st- and still can be. So yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's it's just it's it's really cool seeing what happens when even with games like Rust, though Rust doesn't isn't looking for any any angle changes. But I, I I'm I'm constantly thinking about Among Us and like imagine being on that developer team. They 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 talked about how before they got big, they were gonna make an Among Us two, like it was already yeah, yeah. in production, and they're making so much money hand over fist out of nowhere because a couple social influencers started playing their game. And they're like, hey, this is actually really fun. Um, and now they're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and cancel that game and just provide you more content for this game. Like that literally a couple of social influencers caused a domino effect that completely changed the lives of that team. And it's, you know, what's, you know, truly amazing about Among Us is that, 
it's not a new concept of a game. It's based on a, you know, like a church youth group game that, you know, we play called um, uh, Mafia, you know, where, Mm -hmm. you know, you you have a room full of people and one person is this murderer and they go around and secretly, you know, take down other people and then they have to be discovered. And then there's a, 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 an emergency meeting type of situation where you discuss who you might think is a, is a candidate or the, you know, imposter. So, you know, I think that that's really a testament to, to the, the virality and playability of a, of a game is, you know, let's take some of these, these in-person games that, you know, we've sat around hide and seek or, um, you know, tag and that type of thing and turn them into these, these video game experiences, you know, albeit with, you know, video game mechanics and, and, um, you know, other, um, systems in place to help progress the game, but it's still just amazing that something so simple can be so impactful and so widely, you know, known in the gaming community, you know, that's just a simple idea of like, you know, yeah, let's just have this mafia, you know, murder, murder party game and go from there, you know, or even, you know, rust this idea of like, let's, let's give this like, you know, caveman esque, you know, because yeah. I'm sure you start off naked, like right, up yeah. naked, like out yeah. in the middle of the wilderness, you, you know, and you know, just like uh just like uh, uh Rick says in Rick and Morty. So you're mining stuff to craft with and you're crafting stuff to mine with. And it's like, yep, that's the game. <laughs> that's the game. <laughs> hey. Repeat that for two hundred hours. <laughs> I, I remember, I don't remember who was streaming. I want to say maybe it was Markiplier, but someone else that they had just tried, like, this was way back, that they had just tried Rust for the first time, and they, like, spawned onto a beach on a server, and they, they got nothing, and, like, out of nowhere, they get, like, wrangled by some other clan in the game, and, like, put in cages, and, like, it's, it, the situation escalates very quickly. Yeah, as it, as it, as it would in any yeah. you know, showing up on the beach naked, I mean, you're bound to grab some attention. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got to be careful, you know, just that's just a PSA for everyone out there. You know, make sure that all your beaches are nude appropriate, you know, because you don't want to be tangling with a group of ne'er-do-wells oh <laughs> trying to shake you down. <laughs> sassy. That's right. It's sassy. Yeah. You got to look out for those guys on those uh, on those nude beaches. Yeah, it's wild times. So yeah, so that was uh, kind of my story. Is uh, is what's going on with Rust? And I, you know, going back to the the the, the talk about streamers. Have you ever seen uh, Mythic Quest uh, Ravens Banquet on Apple uh, TV? I have not. Have not. So I've never it's even heard of that. It's um, you know, Rob McElhenney, the guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so he produced this show. Um, I think he also stars in it. Um, well, I know I know he stars in it, but I think he also produced it. But the idea, you would like it because it's it's a it's a show about uh, they're developing this MMO, and this guy has no idea what he's doing, but he just has a, an idea, and he's in the right place at the right time. He basically makes World of Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft within this this show's storyline. And there's this episode where they're looking for like how to get more people on the game. And they decide that they need to reach out to a streamer and try to get a big streamer. So they find like this like like eight year old kid who's like he's he's wildly successful, but he's a punk. 
and it does not go well. And so they ultimately decide to just have like one of their own people fake being a streamer. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, and they give like all these resources and tools and it, it actually kind of works. Um, and it's, it's, I think that's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hilarious show, but that point is like, it's even making it into TV where it's like a, a plot point of like, okay, this is something that big name producers of games really have to start looking for both big and small, I think, is what can we do to actually encourage in an organic way that makes sense, that mm. doesn't feel forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have big name people pick up our games. Because I think you can fall victim to uh, overdoing it or trying to reach gamers in a way that that comes across as inauthentic. Oh, I think that we see that all the time with mobile ads, like, you know, for mobile oh, yeah. gaming, you know, that's yeah. very, very inauthentic. Yeah. Do you remember the um, the Burger King fiasco on Twitch? Uh, I've it's vaguely I vaguely remember, but uh, refresh my memory. Yeah. So it was it was I think this was like a year or so ago as well, where a couple of uh, YouTubers that were big or uh, YouTubers that also streamed on Twitch were doing videos about like what's going on here where Burger King and this is actually very clever, but also very dirty was going on to Twitch streams where you could like pay bits to get uh, text-to-speech uh, that, that speaks uh, in the stream. Respond- I remember this. Yeah. This is brilliant. This was actually really brilliant uh, advertising. And it, it almost didn't it like shake up the like from a government standpoint of like what is ethically, you know, acceptable in terms of like advertising. I don't know if they got in any trouble on a government level, but there was a huge blowback from the streamers and just people in general that they they, they stopped doing it. And I don't think anyone else picked up the mantle because they were essentially tweeting for like five bucks and saying like, oh, hey, just wanted to tweet this 500 bits, which is also the amount of money that you would need to get, you know, a, a Whopper yeah. Junior combo at Burger King. <laughs> you know, limited location supplies may vary. Um, so that really got it it struck a bad chord with gamers and a lot of streamers were starting to be like hey you know this isn't cool like you're coming onto my stream and advertising without my permission and you're giving me like five bucks to do it like are you going to sponsor me or not you know because i'm sure they crunch the numbers and they're like okay well we can sponsor these guys and say hey this stream is brought to you by burger king for you know two hundred dollars per stream or we could just go in for five bucks (laughs) but you know that also raises the question like what at what point is that not acceptable? I mean, if you're if you're requiring people to have a voice, and so I, you know, I think that that's part of the problem with certain streamers. You know, I think streaming has been so far, you know, has come so far, but it's it's becoming removed from this your audience. You know, instead of you know being more connected, I feel like they treat the chat. Uh, section as a whole and then if you want to be individually heard and i'm not saying all streamers like this but you know majority of them require someone to pay them money in order for them to have a text-to-speech you know um you know conversation with them so at that point you know, if you're requiring someone to pay to talk to you, then I should be able to say whatever I want. And if I happen to be a walking billboard, like the subway character from Community, like Eat Fresh, yeah. you know? <laughs> I love that episode. You know, that, 
if that's what if that's what you are, then you're you know you've set this up for yourself, so to speak. And yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Like there, there's a difference between paying someone to advertise for you, mm-hmm. and then there's advertising on someone's page, which streamers don't get a say in what's what's advertised on their page you know if you don't if you're not subscribed to a streamer and you go to their their channel an ad pops up it could be an ad for burger king you wouldn't know mm-hmm. because you don't know what each individual person is seeing you know when they when they see an ad it's tailored you know that's how ads work so you know, to I don't think I, I understand the big stink, but at the same time, they weren't they weren't asking them to advertise. They were merely usurping or going around, you know, the red tape, so to speak, of mm-hmm. normal advertising protocols and advertising when, you know, there should be no advertisements. I think it's incredibly clever. I understand the backlash you know, from a, you know, viewer standpoint, but at the same time, being a marketer myself um, and being in marketing, I think it's very clever. And I thought it was a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I mean, it's right. You, you've got the Texas peach set up I remember there was a, a Twitch streamer that got in a lot of trouble because, and this was an idiotic idea, but it was because of the text speech where, you know, how a lot of Twitch streamers, they, they will just like, it's, they're just out of, out and about, right? Like this yeah, is yeah. my day. And you're, you're coming with me, kind of a Periscope style thing. And they would, this one guy had it set up where his speakers were external, where if anyone did a text to speech, it would just say whatever that person said, anybody in the vicinity could hear it. And it was not like quiet speakers either. So I foresee no problems with this scenario whatsoever. What could possibly (laughs) go wrong, Bruno? What could possibly go wrong with this? Yeah, Yeah. So he's on like a college campus, I guess, where he goes to school. And in like a crowded building and the person that, that sends out the text to speech sends an audio file of like a bomb warning with oh a my. siren. Yeah. And you worst can imagine what happened there. So like that, that's worst yeah. case scenario right there. <laughs> yeah. So I like the maybe building obscenity or, you know, maybe some, some, yeah. some inappropriate video. <laughs> right. So the building clears out like the, the video shows this and he is like he hasn't he has not figured out the correct response to this yet. He actually bolts like he's running from the cops. Wow. And like everyone in the stream is telling him like, dude, just just stay where you are. Like explain this because it's not going it, to it's literally captured live. Yeah, really. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's that's just an example of how like, a, a, Dude, right. You've, you've, <laughs> yeah, you've created a text to speech engine that incentivizes people that right, if you want to be heard, this is how you do it. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat of if you're set up that way, you really can't complain uh, when it happens. Me personally, and I think you probably be in the same boat. I think most streamers would be in the same boat. If Burger King wants to come into my Twitch stream and throw me five bucks, I'll talk about what I like about Burger King all day. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. That, that's yeah, that's 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 a given. I mean, <laughs> especially I'd be like, "What? Yeah. Burger King?" Yeah. <laughs> we could talk about that Burger King Kids Club. 
Right? Oh my gosh, I remember that. So back in the day, kids, this is just a little nostalgic trip for you. There was a kids club. This was called yep. Kids Club. And mm-hmm. there were different characters, even a kid in a wheelchair, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, was, the diversity um, through the roof. There was a black kid, an Asian kid, and a kid in a wheelchair. I mean, we just had all the bases covered we in had the them. 90s. We had them. So, and they did these little cartoons. Like, this was back when, like, marketing really put some effort into into their campaigns and right making character like a cast yeah, of characters. Yeah, yeah, cast of characters. Yeah. So uh I mean look do yourself a favor and just look up uh 90s Burger King Kids Club um and you'll see some some amazing commercials there. So anyway I digress. Yeah, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Once again, uh, we've we've done it everywhere from Rust to Twitch to uh Burger King Kids Club. This That's what you I mean. I, yeah, where it's going to be wild twists and turns. <laughs> turning on dimes here, turning on dimes. So yeah, that was uh that was my other big story is uh is what's going on with Rust. You know, we we kind of started the stream in between like a lot of like heavy news, right? Like yeah. you know, the all of the stuff going on with the next gen console releases and then of course the huge cyberpunk uh controversy that happened. This kind of dialed dialed it down a little bit. People are waiting on uh, some new some new patches to come out, but which I heard somebody had created a a third person mod for the game, which you know that's what mm. the game needs right now is is you know uh, yeah. third person mode instead of you know uh, an attention to the myriad of bugs that are plaguing okay. this game. <laughs> we might as well we might we, we got time we might as well just go there. So <laughs> the crazy thing about Cyberpunk, it, 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 when you're on a vehicle in that game. It will switch you to the third person if the camera has it set. So that's there. But in in first person, they went so far out of their way. I guess they just really didn't want to render the character because there are mirrors in the game in places where you would normally expect to see mirrors, like a bathroom. Yeah. But in order to actually use the mirror, that's where mirrors are. That's, that's where I would want it. Yep. So in order to actually use the mirror and see yourself, you have to walk up to it, and it's like a high tech mirror. That like it's just a panel with like information on it, but you can push a button to use the mirror. And then when you use the mirror, like you can tell like it's it's like waiting a couple seconds to load your character. And then like the mirror parts of it like flicker into place and you can see your character and then you have to do an awkward exit to get out of it. And it's like, seriously, all that just to look in the mirror, (laughs) all that just for a reflection. I I don't care that much. We could have simplified. Well, at least there's an actual reflection. You know, Brad and I were playing Fortnite the other day and we were looking at some of the characters uh, accessories and how the they're actually live reflections of what's going on in the scene around them. So if you hover on different um, different player slots, a little blue light appears and then that is then reflected on Mm. reflective surfaces on there. Which is just a huge, I mean, I know it sounds like we're gushing over something simple like, you know, the reflection of something. But uh, I remember Watch Dogs, the original Watch Dogs, had absolutely uh, no real reflections whatsoever. It was just like a pasted reflection. So all the reflection was the same, whether if you were, you know, downtown or, you know, if you were facing the wall with a car, there'd be no reflection whatsoever. You'd be like, Oh man, there's nothing. It's just, it's just a, it's a matte wall. And you know, that, 
that type of trickery is um, in terms of, you know, at, you know, just painting this picture of a game that's supposed to be very rich in graphics to then mm-hmm. take that, you know, cut that corner and be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to have a, a, a matte um, uh, texture that is that is looks like a reflection, so to speak, that isn't really a reflection. So Watch Dogs 1, 2, and Legion uh, Stadia is having like a huge sale on them. So I picked up all three. And now when I inevitably pay the first Watch Dogs, I'm going to be looking for that reflection and be like, oh, you are. There it is. Yep. You're going to. It's it's. And I listen, I remember Ubisoft is very that's a that's another thing we can kind of talk about. Ubisoft is um, rumored to be coming to Xbox Game Pass. Mm. Um, And, you know, that is that would that first of all, that would be a huge, huge, huge. um deal for for xbox but you know i feel like ubisoft has been better in recent years but in the past you know they were very misleading in terms of what they would show at e3 you know versus what you'd get on on game day and that type of you know misleading marketing is still prevalent we're still seeing it today you know with cyberpunk you know here we are with cyberpunk you know and you know it it painted this huge lush picture of this world and then you get in there and it turns out that you know it's like half the amount of you Mm -hmm. know people you know on the next gen consoles and then the, the the base consoles are, I guess the, you know, current gen consoles, it's like, you know, non-existent. So, you know, we're still plagued by that, you know, all these years later with just this misleading marketing that gets people, you know, hyped about an idea or a game and Mm -hmm. then fails to deliver in some way, you know, whether it's the graphics or the actual gameplay. And I get it. Like if if when you're that early in development and you're trying to get people hyped about the game, you're obviously not going to be able to show them a finished product, even if you create some kind of like self-contained demo or experience. Like what I think what what, what Anthem did originally and there looks like how that turned out um, that it's 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 challenging as a developer to show something that isn't somewhat some kind of pre-rendered CGI. But nowadays, when that kind of stuff shows and usually it'll say, you know, you know, uh, you know, not in game footage at the bottom yeah, yeah. that it just kills any and all hype for the game because people have been burned so many times that they're just not into it anymore. And you just can't wow people with impressive looking CGI trailers like you could back in like the the PS1 days um, where where that kind of thing was a marvel in and of itself. But yeah, you know, Cyberpunk and I'll say this, I put in about 50 plus hours maybe 60 and did very close to like a completionist run of the game and i'm definitely not going to spoil anything but i'll say this you know it when it was right when it was working the way it should it was a to quote keanu reeves breathtaking experience (laughs) i mean it, it was a great game when it was on rails and doing what it wanted me to do and i didn't realize just how much i was on rails until I decided like, hey, I want to do a second playthrough because you can't really respec your stats in the game. Once you pick them, you have them. So I wanted to kind of build a different style character. And at the beginning, you can pick three different 
uh, paths that your your character, your origin story, essentially. Um, and that changes the beginning of the game. Now, I knew that eventually all the storylines kind of merge into one. So I was going to get there at, at some point. But I'm like, well, I've heard this. The, the, the nomad story is good. And I did like the corporate guy storyline initially. And Bruno, within like the first 45 minutes or less, I was already on the same story as the guy that was supposed to be this corporate insider that was sabotaging people from the top from within, you know, and falls from glory to some random person that's just like driving, driving space cars in the desert. <laughs> um, and I'm a loner and I work alone. <laughs> and they they get the same story within like 45 minutes. And knowing what they had promised on that end, I, I totally get why people are disappointed. I personally got my money's worth out of the game, but I play it on Stadia, which is just a port of PC, which is right now the, basically the only way to really get a good playing experience in the game. Uh, but I'll, 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 I'll leave it there because I don't want to ramble too much. But it's... I mean, I... And most, I, I was really excited for the game, and even some of the glitches looked really amazing. Like I saw a car body slam someone, um, like the car just up and you know RKO'd out of nowhere on some innocent bystander, and you know just incredible. I mean, just incredible commitment and flexibility of the car to be able to get that much air and actually flip <laughs> onto someone. But, yeah. You know, it's yeah. things like, you know, certain certain glitches and stuff like that can be fun in a game, you know, when they are not breaking the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my first playthrough, I had there's a side mission where there's like some guy and it's a really funny mission. He uh, he has his junk cybernetically enhanced and it goes wrong. And he just all you know is like, hey, do you, you need to did get you into do this, this voluntarily, or is this like part of the storyline that you have he, to get your junk? Well, no, that this is another guy. It's not me. Oh, okay. He oh, okay. So it's like an NPC. Okay. Yeah, he's like, no time to explain. You got me. Get you got to get me to a doctor as soon as possible. He tried and to do this at home. I I don't I don't remember exactly what oh the my details gosh. are. This, that's what's going to be in the future. Is he watched some YouTube video. Yeah. Like cyber oh, no. it was like a home kit he got off wish. Yeah. Made him movie he's, maker. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ooh, look at this deal on wish. I can get cybernetic uh yeah. junk. You know, this yeah. will be great. And there's a YouTube video attached. Yeah. But it's, it's got decent reviews. The actual mission couldn't have been any simpler. Like pick up the guy and then listen to his funny banter while you're driving him to the doctor about his terrible life choices. Yeah, and, classic, classic GTA. Yeah. Classic so, GTA story. I'm at a point in the game where you don't have a car yet. So I had to hijack the nearest car. And so when I hijack the car and I get in, all of a sudden my car just just yeets horizontally into this poor man. That's and, that's, that's probably like a yeah. future. It's probably I mean, we're all looking at it like it's a bug, but it's probably like a future like, you know, it's a like mercy security, kill. like it's a security measure that the car takes when it feels threatened, you know, like a possum yeah. or something like that plays yeah. dead, but it just heats forward. He's gone too far. But yeah, that was one time like I actually like the mission failed. And in that game, you can't replay missions. So I had to go back to a previous save. But uh, yeah, the, the, the car malfunctions in that one. Uh, it's it's something to behold. I'm I mean, 
I'm all for, like I said, I'm all for the funny glitches. And I think that sometimes they can really make a, a, a game experience. But, you know, when you're talking about, you know, just frame rate drops and whatnot, you know, and that's what I think the issue is here is just we've got huge frame rate drops with this game and it just wasn't optimized for the current gen you know, and they've even admitted that, you know, we didn't look at it on Xbox, you know, one and PlayStation four, you know, we just kind of shoved that to the side. And, um, you know, I think that's, it's, it's shown. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. That was all sorts of news, man. So we've got it. We got a segment. That's a thing that we do. Yeah. What's the segment? Oh, let me play it for you. It's a little something called they did what? Oh, yeah. So that's right. So in this segment, we kind of talk about people that that have done or maybe in this case haven't done something crazy in the video game industry. Bruno, what do you got for us? I I, one of the things that I, I think we all have guilty pleasures, right? You know, where you're it's that it's the thing that you're like, I don't really like to tell people that I like this, but I like it you know, secretly. And then there's the like guilty, like not pleasures where you're like, I kind of wanted to do this, but I haven't gotten around to it. And for me, it's a game that everyone's played, but I haven't. And that's God of War. I know we're probably going to lose tons of viewer listeners, excuse me, listeners right now um, over this, but I have never played a God of War game. Come on, bro. I know. I know. It's it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. What about you? Have you played God of War? I uh I I regret to inform you that I have not played God of War. Isn't that that's a that's a PlayStation exclusive, right? It is. It is a PlayStation exclusive. The closest I've been yeah. to God of War. Now I do have God of War uh somewhere. It's like I have a have it. But I okay. have not played. Have not played got it. it. <laughs> I got it. Like we've all we've all got that that backlog. So don't feel bad. Yeah. I mean, it, well, I, I would say the it's it's hard to sit down and play single play player experiences. Um, I think. I think gaming for me is is much more of a social thing. I like getting on and playing multiplayer games. I always liked, you know, when we were kids and we would get together and play multiplayer games like GoldenEye and that kind of thing. I was always into that. Um, so I always enjoy video games more as um, unless it's something like Dance Dance Revolution or, you know, a racing game or something. But you know, I tend to single player experiences, although they're good and I do like them, um, they're not my bread and butter. You know, my bread and butter is definitely um, I just saw that Mimi sent me hilarious <laughs> dad of dads. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll put that up on our, our web page. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's sometimes it's hard to sit down and start a new game if you've only got a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know as a new dad, you this is very, you know, this this is hits home for you because, you know, you're you try and find a time to play and, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, I, I don't have time to, like, get fully invested and in, and, in, you know, 
all these different games or whatever, you know, I'm picking and choosing what I'm, what I'm willing to play. Um, And that's, you know, that, you know, has dictated a lot of what I've played. I've put on a lot more hours into multiplayer games like Halo, Fortnite, um, Call of Duty than I have any single player games. Um, Not saying I would never play God of War. I just haven't gotten around to playing it. You know, I, and you're right. Like now that I have such limited time, like it's, you know, my, my gaming time is almost like planned out in advance of like, I'm going to play this and then I'm going to play that. And I'm like looking up how many hours a playthrough of a game is and, you know, deciding if that's going to be a good fit for me. But nowadays, you know, prior to having, having a baby, I was all about, you know, multiplayer games, Overwatch and Fortnite and, and a lot of the division and uh, monster hunter, that kind of thing. And now that I don't have that time so much anymore, like I have completely shifted my gaming style to single player experiences yeah, because totally. I know I know what I'm going to get with them when I walk into it. I don't have to worry about the, you know, that's a whole different conversation, but pertaining to God of War, that's been my goal of like, I really want to go back and play a lot of these single player experiences that have defined, you know, generations and genres and some have created genres yeah. and really just try and 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 broaden my horizons. I've always been that guy when it comes to movies. There's going to be a backlog of movies that I will never see that I it's it's unheard of what I haven't seen. And I don't want that to be the story for video games too because that's my hobby, you know. Yeah, totally. So, but God of War though, I literally don't own a uh, a PS a PS4 or anything uh before that. I don't plan to get a PS5, so that will probably be a game that uh, that never happens for me. That's you know what I mean, and that's I think um, part of part of my my beef with Sony is the the fact that a lot of these you know they don't you know they say they're working on PlayStation emulation and that type of thing, and it's it's harder than it is for Xbox. But they've continued down that path of that um, that proprietary um, type of uh, approach to making a game that you know does great for your exclusives and all. But you know now we're you know five PlayStations in and. You know, I can't play PlayStation 2, you know, games. There's, you know, there's no log like there is with, um, you know, there's no extensive log, I'll say, like there is with uh, Xbox, you know, where we've got, you know, tons, thousands of games. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's my thing with like, you know, with the Game Pass is, you know, now with EA, you know, a part of the Game Pass, it's there's so much you can play without ever purchasing a game anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and Mm -hmm. I think that that is, I think it's clear where Xbox is going and this will be a topic I'm sure for another time, but we'll touch on it really quickly. But, you know, I think Xbox is trying to be the Netflix of gaming, you know, mm-hmm. where they they want to be on it. You know, I think down the road, you won't need an Xbox to play Xbox. You'll be able to it'll be like Stadia. You know, you'll you Correct. just you have a you have a controller and a smart TV and your smart TV will be able to, you know, to 
stream it from the cloud, you know, and you'll yeah. be able to play it straight from the cloud. And that's the type of future that I think they're really invested in. And I think, you know, personally, that's the future that I want. I think mobile gaming um, for me is less about, um, you know, playing game mobile games on my phone from the app store that, you know, waste mm-hmm. time when I'm, when I'm pooping, you know, and more <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to watch this ad for five more gems. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. This bird is super angry, you know, <laughs> so so is my stomach so you know i think mobile gaming for me is about you know being able to game on the go and being able to game anywhere and with you know technology increasing in terms of like um 5g and you know um having you know connections to hotspots and Mm wi-fi you know wherever we go i think you know, the ability to play mobile games on the go is only going to become more prevalent. And um, I think that's a future that I'm glad they're investing in. You know, like I said, in terms of exclusives, I could, you know, just like you said, it's, I could, you know, leave it or, you know, take it or leave it in terms of, you know, some, some single player experiences. I mean, sure, they look fun and I've seen tons of videos, but, you know, some of these games, it's, not something that I feel that I'm missing out on, you know, in terms of like, Oh, I really want to play this game. You know, there's certain games that I feel like that, like, I know I'd love to play that, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like you said, it's very, very difficult when, um, when PlayStation kind of hides their, their, uh, their proprietary, you know, technology and games within each new console that they they create. And then you're like, well, I hope it can play the last game because then otherwise, you know, we're all going to be sitting here 20 years from now being like, I'm looking for a PS3 because I want to play this game because it's not available on the PS25. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like that, uh, that approach, so... It was wild that story about uh, how some how people had gotten uh, that one Xbox game. It wasn't Fusion Frenzy. I forget which game it was. Um, working in an online match where each person was using a different generation console. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I got. I I thought I posted it in the group, but yeah, we'll have to. Um, I, yeah, I, but, well, I saw that they were you were yeah they were playing that, but I didn't realize yeah. they were all playing online. Wow. I believe they were all playing in a session together on, in an online game, or at least, yeah, it, it couldn't be local multiplayer because that'd be a land thing, and that definitely wouldn't work. But yeah, it's 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 nuts that uh, that that kind of backwards compatibility exists. But also going back to the mobile gaming thing you were talking about, I just bought uh, a Razer Kishi, that little oh, thing yeah, that like yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah oh yeah there you go yeah and I mean just for that alone I, I mostly bought it for Stadia, but I'm really thinking about using that to re-up the game pass because that gives me another way to, to play a lot of games uh, just kind of in whatever circumstance that I find myself in as a, as a fast paced action dad. Yeah. Um, that uh, it works it, great. It, yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. it really does. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so does the, you know, this is the interesting thing with the Xbox game pass. It's almost um, faster to, to try out a game on yeah. your mobile, you know, streaming mm-hmm. straight to your mobile than it is to like 
yeah download the the full game from from um from your console so oftentimes i'll you know get on there and you know try a game out really quick to see what it's like you know and then if i you know decide to uh if i if i decide i like it you know i'll go ahead and download the full thing or download the full thing on um on my console and you know take up what little precious space i have <laughs> exactly you know because we were like i said we were talking about before there's just so only so many games you can house on on a on a storage drive before you you have to start making sacrifices it's like sophie's choice you know <laughs> although we can always re-download it feels like you're just parting ways you're like you know <laughs> yeah but with the with the data caps that are happening this year uh, with i believe it was comcast that they they and so many people are using that service where they implemented a data cap um of, I forget how much it was, but it was it was nothing. I was hitting it. I was hitting it. It was like yeah. a thousand gigs or uh, yeah, a thousand gigs, I think. Yeah, I think it was a terabyte. And so now people are kind of rethinking those choices of like, you know, I have to be very select when, I, when you're talking when you're talking about 100 gigabyte games. Yeah, that's 10 games. Yeah. In, <laughs> in, in, in a household that you're also streaming. And if you've got kids or anyone oh, else yeah. in your house, they're probably streaming, too. Yep. That now you have to start making like tough choices about, right, like what do I uninstall or install becomes a major decision. That's crazy. But I mean, it is what it is. The games are only getting bigger. Um, And yeah, you're right. We're shifting to more of a streaming, you know, more, more and more people are streaming, you know, more and more people are cutting the, the cable cord, so to speak. And, and, focusing on different methods of streaming, which, you know, right now there are way too many platforms like, you know, we don't need Peacock and all these different, you know, not every station needs their own streaming service. Yeah. Um, They're getting there though. They'll, they'll realize they'll soon realize that it's a lot harder to implement than they realize but right you know we'll that will be a that's another topic for another day yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> we're touching on a little bit of everything today I know, and i think that's what you're going to get with with our podcast because you know this is we want you to feel like you're one of the one of the team you know one of the one of team qtb you know we just kind of flow from topic to topic and talk about you know, what's interesting to us. And that leads to, you know, reminiscing about certain games or thinking about other aspects of gaming. And that's what we call good conversation. So we hope you enjoy it. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 I know both you and I have over the course of the last decade, really kind of tried our hand at different formats of just kind of creative expression uh, through like YouTube content and Twitch streaming, we both kind of tried at different times, um, even even music, mm. you know. Um, so I think it's cool that we kind of converged on this uh, in a format that works for us. So yeah, be on the lookout for we're going to shoot for two episodes a week. Uh, we're going to go for a Wednesday episode, and you'll also get a weekend episode uh, on Saturdays uh, that will kind of kind of recap the week. And I know we're we're still trying to kind of feel this out. So uh, we'll hope you come on the journey with us, but uh, feel free to subscribe on uh, any of the major platforms this is available on. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to to continuing this, and we are going to be having some guests 
on the show coming up, some different segments. We've got tons of things planned. So we hope you guys enjoyed our podcast and we hope you'll tune in on Saturday for the next episode. For Nick, I'm Bruno. And for Bruno, I'm Nick. Peace out. What a do. 